To all who download this happy podcast, welcome inside another door of the Advent Calendar House. A salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. Today we're talking about the 1978 TV special taped right up the road from here at the most magical place on Earth. It's Christmas at Walt Disney World. I'm Empty Nesting Woodcutter, who for some reason found a ferret, Mike Westfall, and... (laughs) Joining me are a pair of robots with just enough sentience to desire a vacation. It's my friends from the archive, John Dedeke and Drew Crowley. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Uh, Although, before those robots, we can't speak. Uh, well, we have to just kind of gesture awkwardly. Yeah. With, like, very precise articulation. <laughs> and our, our eyes wide open. Yes. And never blinking. Drew, stick your thumb in my mouth and I'll stick my thumb in your mouth. <laughs> They're not robots, though. <laughs> Those are babies. They could be robot babies. <laughs> I don't know. Door. They gave no backstory. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. So this was your pick, John. And I admit I had never seen or heard of this before. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I could ever possibly imagine. Uh, as a as a, a context for <laughs> absorbing this special. Yeah. When did you first discover this? So I, I first came about this, um, I guess it was probably around like 2002, 2003, uh, when I was like straight out of college, working a job that was uh, not fulfilling in any regard <laughs> and had like absolutely no life. But I, every night... Uh, on the Disney Channel, uh, Vault Disney would air at like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And at the time, I didn't uh, the 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 TV guide or the the little uh, guide channel on the the cable system wouldn't tell me what the topic was. <laughs> so, so literally for about a year and a half, I would set the VCR to record Vault Disney, which was uh, just a random grab bag of old Disney TV specials that would air nightly on the Disney channel. And and so it wasn't always park related stuff. It was okay. episodes of Davy Crockett or <clears throat> man in space. Uh, you know, they had like 30 years of uh, television specials, weekly television shows to pull from. So you never knew what was going to show up, but I would record, I would set the VCR to record every night, hoping that it would be some old vintage uh, Disney park, special that I hadn't seen before or one that I had seen before and just hadn't ever recorded uh, because at the time you couldn't get any of those things on DVD or VHS or anything. There was no way to access them. And there was no YouTube. No. There was no YouTube. Yeah. Just a few years but, away from that. Fortunately, <laughs> I happened to, and, and most of the time it was like Davy Crockett or something I didn't want to watch. Yeah. So I would just, you know, rewind the tape back to the beginning and start, you know, (laughs) reschedule it. But every once in a while I would hit gold. And this was by far the largest (laughs) chunk of gold. The biggest vein. I could have ever, (laughs) yes, hoped to tap because it, it hit every possible note. It was absurd. It was set in the park in a time that was sort of familiar to me, but not exactly familiar. Um, it, 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 it really worked in the way a Christmas special is supposed to work, even though I probably found it in the middle of July or something, <laughs> you know, when it was aired inexplicably uh, in the middle of the summer. 
uh, just because that's the way that their scheduling worked out. But it absolutely warmed my heart. I, I felt so um, replenished and invigorated by discovering the special. <laughs> and to this day, I think it, it has become my favorite Disney, certainly Disney holiday special, if not Disney TV special overall. Wow. It holds up in its own <laughs> special magical way that nothing else can possibly hold up. But let's give it a little background here. The special aired December 10th, 1978 on NBC. This is yeah, wow. like over a decade before Disney bought ABC and four years before Epcot even opened. So what was Walt Disney World at the time was just Magic Kingdom, Resorts, and the Monorail Loop, Fort Wilderness, yes. wow. Walt Disney World Village, which is now Disney Springs, where that is. The now-abandoned Discovery Island out on Bay Lake, which makes an appearance Ooh, here. That's right. And rest in peace is River Country. Yes. I miss River Country. It was like a safe action park. <laughs> it was. like um, it, It's hard to imagine that, that Disney would create anything quite as freewheeling as River Country today. Or oh, even absolutely. Discovery Island, for that matter. There yeah. was really no structure around your experience at Discovery Island, which is part of the reason why it holds such a, a, a place in my heart, especially from this special. So much of Walt Disney World in that's depicted in this special is really, it might still be there, but it's it's certainly no longer a focal point of the Disney World experience. Uh, so to, to, to see it have such prominence in such a ridiculous way in this special is just, I'm, I'm literally filled with joy every literally? time I see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually bursting right now. You are. <laughs> it, you know, it kind of, I feel like I missed out on the last where It's like, it's a nostalgia of something that I've gone to River Country, I've gone to Discovery Island, but... It's a nostalgia for all that other stuff you see, like the the sailing on the Seven Seas Lagoon there. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the seventies, that was the their big push. Oh they yeah, wanted to be you know, the, yes, they have a theme park. The East Coast is the end all be all of vacationing, whatever right. that means to people who can afford to go on a vacation in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that means sailing and uh, having cookouts and. Riding a train, yes. weirdly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, like, ludicrous experience that could only be Disney World. And it's part of what I think really separates Disney World from Disneyland, and certainly what oh, did at the time. It's still a little bit today, but but no, the focal point is very much on the parks now, and not so much the resorts anymore, and I kind of miss that. Um me not having my annual pass down here anymore. I spend a lot of time hopping from resort to resort every once in a while when I go, just because that stuff that's just there. It's it's a the world is for your taking. Yeah, yeah. so I did well, that. It's an experience unto itself too. Indeed. Doing the resort thing. I did that recently because I was in Orlando for work, and I didn't. I couldn't really justify getting park tickets, Mm-mm. so. I just went to Disney Springs, then got on the bus to Polynesian, and like wandered around there for a while. Went to went to Trader Sam's, then got on the the monorail loop, 
uh, and took it over to the contemporary. And like, it's, it's amazing to me that you can just do that. You can just, you can do, you can ex- just do anything in those resorts without paying any money. And that sounds like a great day. Just yeah, oh, yeah, that little trip right there. Absolutely. Fantastic. It, it scratched the itch as it were. You can ride so many different various forms of transportation as part of that <laughs> yes, experience. Yes. And those you are can... my favorite rides. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not, like I love the transit in those parks. And so like the only one I didn't get to ride obviously was the like the little tram you ride from the parking lot to the park. Wow. Which is, you know, fantastic. It's also fun, yeah. It's open uh, air. You can feel the wind blowing by you as you cruise down those <laughs> That's lanes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't ridden one of those in a while. Usually we footed when we're in the parking lot, but because usually we have a stroller and we just have no time for collapsing strollers. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, you have the easy collapsible ones, and they're okay. But it's just nope. We can hoof it. We've done it before, and now once we've done it once, we do it every time. But, oh man, I, I don't know if I, I just love riding that tram. <laughs> <laughs> you should just do that for fun. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go go nope. there with the express purpose of riding the, the parking tram <laughs> all day. <laughs> no, I'm staying on. <laughs> yeah, just... One more time. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back around. They give you the little intercom and you start giving them. <laughs> all right, no further boarding. The tram will be running until 1 a.m. tonight. All right, let's dive into this. We open with oh, yes. the classic Wonderful World of Disney intro, which I missed. The Wonderful World of Disney. How is the Wonderful World of Disney not come back now that they yeah. can add Marvel and Star Wars under that wing? Oh, wow. Maybe they will as part of their uh, streaming service. I mean, oh, like an ideal vision of a Disney streaming service at least caters somewhat to this audience who is familiar with the older specials and the, the older TV series. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think they do, they do try to acknowledge that um, at least that intro and the, the jingle and stuff with the, the world of color, um, show that's at California Adventure. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, which I think the wonderful world of color preceded the wonderful world of Disney in the lineage of regular weekly Disney TV shows. Okay. Yeah. They had like the Disneyland show for a while, and then they switched to the wonderful world of color when uh, color TV started becoming a big thing. And then I think it went from that to the wonderful world of Disney, but they kind of, the intro is very similar. It's very rich and okay. saturated and yeah it's, it's crazy to think that in 1978 there was enough nostalgic awareness that they could play <laughs> on you know the the music from pinocchio and cinderella and stuff and have it evoke that mood but obviously it worked they were yeah. they were doing it but it is a great intro it yeah. is and then we see a familiar sight to anyone who's ever been to the Magic Kingdom around Christmas time. It's a choir of snow-dusted singers performing My Favorite Things, which... Why is that a Christmas song? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually think about that. In colored ponies and crisp apple strudel, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles. I think I was so... I mean, you know, since they're they they're carolers and they're wearing the 
uh, era-appropriate garb, and it's quote-unquote snowing. <laughs> I, I think I just was like, okay, this is a Christmas carol. I didn't even think about the fact that they were just singing a few of my favorite things. Yeah, and I've heard that on Christmas albums before, and I never understood why. Is, is it because you get stuff at Christmas? Yeah, that's maybe. not. Uh, that's the only reason I could think of. Did you guys spot who's in that crowd of carolers? I didn't. I don't think you, I did. I, I saw a few characters on the train. Well, I, I mean, I've been, since watching this for the first time a while ago, but then again, more, you know, with a, a, a more, like, investigatory eye mm. recently, I spotted Shields and Yarnell. Oh, there is a crowd of carolers front and center. I saw some. I I saw something that appeared to be some kind of kid who was dressed up but not singing. (laughs) Was that them? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Two of them. Yeah. (laughs) Both. But no, right in the front of this choir, it looks like some kid who's dressed up but not singing and just seems to be confused about what's going on around them. That that kid. I think he is right next to Shields and Yarnell. Okay. They're, they're, the, they're the two front people. And I, I know this because their faces are now burned into my <laughs> brain. <laughs> well, Disney well, really did get their money's worth when hiring Shields and Yarnell oh for this series. Special. I, I can't. Well, we'll get to that, I guess. But We will. Well, yeah, let's pan out. We see the Walt Disney World Railroad train departing. Main Street USA station at the entrance and a whole bunch of characters, as I mentioned, uh, they have their hands full of snow and they're just dumping it onto the choir. <laughs> yeah, and they seem to have dressed the train, at least the front part, to look like, um, you know, sort of Tudor kind of housing. Mm. There's like some kind of uh, facade on the engine or something because that clears out of the way to reveal the characters on the train. Oh, yeah. It's really weird. Mm. I don't know if that's a backdrop between the train and the choir or what. But... I think it's on the train. Oh, really? Like, like I think it's affixed to hmm. the, the engine. Okay. It could be. Yeah, like little placards that they stuck yeah, on there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it's so weird. Like, you know, like the train starts moving. They're still singing and the, and the characters are dumping fake snow like aggressively on the <laughs> it is aggressive and they're not flinching they're going on it's just no, like nothing's that. happening we're not being pelted with snowballs there was some, like animosity between like, the custom <laughs> characters and shields and yarnell maybe where yeah this was shot like at the end of the the special right. that was the last <laughs> cut and it was just nope we got it print yeah yeah <laughs> and then like the camera pulls back and they just cut they just play like triumphant you know it's music so triumphant. well did you recognize that music either of you yeah yeah it's what is it it's uh uh come all ye faith no is it no no is? no uh, not a christmas song it's a classical piece known as the great gate of kiev by russian composer modest mozorsky mozorsky there it is <laughs> At Walt Disney World. But I know it better as the entrance music for WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. 
<laughs> yes. No. Yes. yes. Go back and listen to it. It is his music done by a Disney choir. Wow. <laughs> I recognized it about halfway through, and I was like, wait a minute. Wow. It's incredible. So I, I looked it up, and it's this from this Russian opera. I mean, that, that sweeping shot yeah. is... That helicopter shot of the Magic Kingdom is every bit deserving of <laughs> a majestic theme befitting of a Memphis professional wrestling magnet. Oh, yeah. It is <laughs> a, an, a, an incredible introduction. And and I was thinking as I was re-watching this, like, my memory of it is always that it's not as Christmassy as it should be to be yeah. a Christmas special. Yeah. You know, I tend to fix very special for me because I think all of the really great stuff is at the beginning and it just kind of quality wise or at least interest wise for me starts to peter out halfway through yeah but so I, I go into it and I I see the carolers and stuff and then immediately we're like forget Christmas it's the magic <laughs> <laughs> oh well that just goes to show me that I've lived in Florida for too long because I didn't pick up on any of that. I was just like, no, yeah, no, yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. They got garland out, it's fine. <laughs> I like that they're not very good at helicopter shots. They really aren't. The camera is so shaky both on this <laughs> shot and then the one over the end credits. It's just yes. just hang it out the window on a string. It'll be fine. <laughs> I like to imagine that that was like the same helicopter that Walt flew over the property in. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> yeah. a really rickety old thing that they just had <laughs> sitting around. <laughs> just just one last run. This will be special. Yeah. <laughs> well, after the opening credits, it's, it's mime, mime time. time. We fade in on. Well, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that, yeah, the opening credits do the, the classic like. Uh, headshots of well, I guess Shields and Yarnell don't get a headshot. Actually, they don't. I guess they were in the choir. Sensations, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows who they are, but like, uh, we get a Phyllis Diller headshot. We get um, I can't remember the two younger girls' names, um, but they they both get headshots. I don't know if um, Geppetto gets one. I don't he does think, Avery yes. Shapiro? Yep. Yes. Uh, Andrea McArdle and yeah, that's right. uh, Danielle Spencer. Right. Danielle Spencer, yes. Better known as D from What's Happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, was an NBC show. Ah, there so it is. Uh, to make sense. Okay. More about her later. But just, you know, even before Shields and Yarnell appear, I'm already angry at their, <laughs> at the, at their names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically the name Yarnell. <laughs> that I'm forced to hear that spoken. It, it's it it it's like a Stygian god's name, you know, like <laughs> like something from <laughs> ancient times that isn't supposed to be heard by humans. Well, the art of miming has a long legacy. <laughs> well, and they were married, so she chose to keep it. <laughs> That's right. Well, That's she's true. Yeah, they're married at this time, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly she was known already, you know. She's right. not going to change her name nope. for Shields. I mean, I wouldn't change my name for Shields. <laughs> not from Yarnell <laughs> to Shields? Yeah. No way. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
we fade in on Los Angeles International Airport for a segment called <laughs> The Clinker's Christmas Vacation. So this was like, this was their thing. These yeah. characters, the clinkers, like that yeah. one. I think this is what their big thing was. And I was reading up on them and like they had a moment. Like they were, they were on Sonny and Cher. They were on the Muppets, Muppet yes, Show. Yes, they were um, on the Muppet Show during season four, which TV never came out on guess. DVD. So it's been quite a while since I've seen that one. Uh, um, the, and yeah, they were just all over the place. They got their own. They got their own show. The the Shields and Yarnell show. <laughs> oh, did they? <laughs> Does it hurt you to say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I guess we haven't even described what's going on in this scenario. Yeah, this is like the the um, uh, the overarching uh, storyline of this special is the the, <laughs> the Clinkers Christmas vacation. Yeah. I don't know if it is for the whole special. I think it's just yeah, the it's overarching just, thing for these first fifteen for this minutes. Segment. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So long. It's so long. Well, it was the seventies. Everything. Like, they could have packed this into a half-hour special, but for some yeah. reason, everything in the 70s always felt like it went on for a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I've been finding out, as I've been recording episodes of this show and yeah. stuff from that time period, it's just... <laughs> well, and this came out a few weeks right after Star Wars, and that feels like it's months Whoa. long. So, this is that same time frame. What so, what an so, amazing time to be alive! Indeed, kids, kids are high off of the like amazing uh, achievement that is Star Wars, and then they're given as a gift this special. Like <laughs> like what a year! <laughs> so the clinkers that was their best no bit. They portrayed this robot couple because. They had a talent of one yeah. doing these robotic motions and two never blinking. Right, <laughs> that was their thing. That really well, drove it home. So, did you guys know that Shields? So he was he was a mime, and he was discovered by uh, Marceau Marceau, hmm. the famous French mime, and and he was like, "Come to my school. You're so good. I, I want you to come and." learn miming at my school and so shields went and then shields was like you know what f this <laughs> he's like i want to bring mime you know past all this art stuff this is too artsy fartsy let's have a little fun and so he left marceau marceau's school and he came went back, back to california he went back to la yes and then he, he that's when he developed the clinker character and he met Yarnell, of course. Yes. Who by the way, Yarnell is seven years his senior. Oh really? really? Yeah. Yeah. So I I find that very interesting. Yeah. Did you also uh discover that Yarnell went on to fame <laughs> as uh dot matrix in Spaceballs? I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, I need to watch Spaceballs now with a whole new uh, lens. Shields has to be so mad about that, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, for at least by Wikipedia's account, he originated this like character, these, this <laughs> robot character. Yeah, and she gets to play uh, 
a robot in this massive Star Wars parody hit. (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder about that because you're right. Like in, in all the information that I was able to find his claim to fame was being able to portray a robot (laughs) in mime better than anyone had ever done before. Or at least, you know, anyone who had ever tried. Yeah. Uh, So, but, but they quickly formed a duo after meeting and, the the clinkers was their thing that was yeah. what what got them their recognition so does that mean that like did he have to like train her i to think be, so. you know up to his level of robot miming or was I, she just gifted in a way that he was gifted and you know it was like an awakening when they met yeah well, did she, they just find each other and something she magical was a dancer okay and and i i did watch a clip of them on American bandstand. Right. Well, and she dances later in this too. Well, they and and they're being interviewed by uh what's his face? Uh Dick Clark. Dick Clark, yeah. And he asked them how they met and I've of course forgotten the answer, but <laughs> like I think one saw the other performing. Oh, I think he saw her dancing. And he was like, "Hey, you should join me in this mime gig I got going on." <laughs> <laughs> how's your robot that's his pickup line yeah so how's I, your robot <laughs> but they they're at they're at lax right yes um, and which is go, not actually lax right isn't that mco orlando international airport that they're just i think <laughs> it looked like i've never been to lax but that may very well have been orlando international airport they just yeah. <laughs> for both sides it doesn't look anything like that now even the old right. terminal yeah but yeah they're going through security and of course they set off the metal detector because robots but uh we see them arrive in orlando through the baggage claim and yeah. <laughs> this is where they get the idea for toy story 2 right <laughs> yeah someone at pixar found this old footage why wasn't there a Shields and Yarnell nod in one of the Toy Story movies. Maybe it's there and we just haven't picked up on it. Yeah, it could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to watch them all now. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I took from this scene was I wish Orlando Airport was as non-busy as it looked here. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah, that It seems so quaint and just quiet. Yeah. Yeah. But. And then, then they like... They, they they aren't allowed access to the bus. Right. right. And so they have to find some way to get themselves to the park. And apparently their luggage is also a vehicle. Yeah, it's like a little large luggage chest on wheels that's basically a go-kart. They're go-karting <laughs> around property, we see. And and I... Okay, I... So before we recorded this. I didn't want to say the word hate. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be positive and just be like, you know what? This is, this was a thing and it was very popular, but it does fill me with just like revulsion. <laughs> <laughs> this sequence of them I mean, driving it, down five thirty-five or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the entire sequence Anytime they're doing any kind of bit, I am just disgusted <laughs> by the expressions on their faces. And, and I guess what it is about the specifically when they're driving their go-kart uh, 
luggage thing is they're both like spread eagle sitting on this thing like you know like like it's a motorcycle but with their legs splayed out yeah Yeah. they're like action figures yeah right and it just makes me mad that that someone wasn't like don't do this don't (laughs) this isn't funny makes me mad that i don't have that luggage (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah, totally (laughs) And, and so they they drive you know they drive to the resort and at one point um they sort of narrowly, very narrowly avoid getting hit by a train. Yeah, I mean, the old <laughs> just cross the tracks really quick. What 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 train is that? That is the uh, Fort Wilderness Railroad. Yes. is that it, still there? It is not. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, I feel like I saw in uh, researching this that it actually closed either right before this special aired or right after it. It was somewhere around seventy-eight. Oh, wow. I didn't realize um, it closed that early. It must have been because of that near collision with the clinkers. There it is. That was... <laughs> they deemed it too dangerous. That was it the was, good yeah. take. They had stunt doubles, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess they made the decision to close it in June of 1977. Wow. So it, it, either it took that long before they actually implemented that decision or they just brought it back for this special so that they could film the clinkers. I hope so. I hope this wasn't a year and a half in the making. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I bet that it was. (laughs) I mean, I imagine that mimes are hard to work with if they are, especially if they're like, Coming at this from a method yeah. perspective, you know, oh, there's a lot oh, that's lost in that direction. So maybe oh, it did no. take that. Could be if they're going at that pace. Yeah. No. So yeah, that that railroad ran from 1971 or 72, I think, until 77, 78 ish, um, around the property. And you can actually you can follow the path now because it's like a running uh, oh. path. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, nice. it's actually it's a really nice uh, hidden gem of hidden <laughs> Sure, <laughs> I mean, at one point it probably goes in that path in that pattern. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna go yeah. in two half circles for no reason. <laughs> and later we see them very quickly on a boat fishing on Bay Lake, like we mentioned. That's right. You skipped one part. I did want to bring up. Okay, they, they do end up at Magic Kingdom. Oh, that's right. This. And something's happening that I want to know if it really happened in the parks at this time or if this was specific to the special. So there's a parade happening, and I totally believe that. Like, it's sort of a... Um, <laughs> they like, do have parades <laughs> at the Magic Kingdom? <laughs> but it, it's sort of like a, what, like a um, uh, soldier, you know, um, what's that era? Like uh, bicentennial, uh, yeah, yeah, parade oh, okay. with really with fifes and stuff, okay, right. But the parade is walking by what seems to be an open air buffet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I want to know if they did open air buffets in the park at this time, or if that was just like for the bit that that comes with uh, the clinkers later. I have been trying to find out. I've been trying to verify <laughs> if that was a thing. And I I cannot locate any references to an open-air buffet, which 
used to be positioned right in front of the Liberty Tree Tavern, but mm-hmm. it's clearly not part of the Liberty Tree Tavern. Like no, it is right. out there on the parade route, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I haven't been able to find any evidence that it was a regular thing that happened yeah. at the park. Ugh. Clinkers okay. rented out Liberty Tree Tavern or some space and uh, <laughs> were late to their own party. <laughs> that darn bus. They made up for it with the mashed potato consumption. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> those are some incredible mashed potatoes, by the way. Oh, yes, yeah, those are. are. I have a. Is there a photo of me trying to eat a spoonful of those? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have a great photo of Drew uh, spooning large quantities of mashed potatoes in his <laughs> mouth at the Liberty Tree Tavern. And that's now in the show notes. From around the time that I first saw this special, actually. Whoa! Yeah. So that was fresh in your mind when we were at the park. <laughs> yeah, wow. it probably was. Wow. So yeah, that's the that's the introduction of the clinkers, and then then yeah. We, yeah we move to Discovery Island, where we encounter our musical headliner Pablo Cruz. <laughs> and on the island, there's a band of pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. who are apparently chasing a screaming woman. And Pablo Cruz just stand there and watch, like yeah. Eh. Totally yeah. disinterested in helping her. They're more hey. concerned about the vulture that's looming over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pablo Cruz are not, they are not allies. No. <clears throat> that's an important lesson to take away from this special. Ashley and I were watching this and I was commenting like how you could be like 50 years old and totally skeezy and be very successful as a rock star in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Like the guy standing in the white, like yeah, doing body. his little yeah, he's yeah. just yeah, grooving his hip. <laughs> and Ashley's like, her comment was, "How were people okay with pants like that back then?" <laughs> <laughs> that was the only, that was the only pants that were available <laughs> for but everyone. He's just, he's just standing there with his fro. And his mustache just Yeah, they all kind of have froze going on. Yeah. All and four and, of them. Yeah. And Ashley also noted no one has an instrument other than the guy with the piano. Yes. Oh yeah. I I think it's fascinating that this that well for one, like Pablo Cruz, this is my only association with Pablo Cruz. <laughs> this, that, this is <laughs> every everyone's only association (laughs) it is now but so i guess they they did put out a few records um and so i I guess the timing of their um release sort of explains why this song was chosen to be featured in this special but this again speaks to why i i disassociate this special (laughs) so so much because (laughs) this song is like a summer vacation song and they even say like the the days keep on getting longer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, this hey, yeah. Is two weeks before the winter equinox. How are yeah. the days getting longer? And it showcases all these water activities. Yeah, yeah. This this sequence is like for me the pinnacle of the special, and really the pinnacle of seventies Walt Disney World oh, because yes. you see them. We go from Discovery Island to uh, the 
paddle. They, they have a, a schooner or something that <laughs> yeah. they're taking out of the lake <laughs> with this beautiful rainbow sail. Uh, it yeah. just it looks like um, the quintessential uh, getaway to the Sandals Resort type yeah. commercial or something. And then they're in the paddle boat. All four of them are in yeah. the of the paddle boats. Yes, um, and they are going nuts. They are having the best time. Yeah. No one has ever had as much fun on a paddle boat singing along to their own music <laughs> as these four people have yeah. at this moment. But yeah. then it gets better because then suddenly they're on little jet skis that yep. are flying around. And I love that they're like the one guy, the mustache guy, is trying to he's <laughs> he's both trying to maintain yeah. this using video mimicry thing right. you know i don't know if they're actually pumping the song out to them as they're filming this but he's he's trying to sing along and do his part but he's also like in the lead he seems to feel like he needs to be the like the uh conductor of this whole sequence and he's, <laughs> he's like referencing the other people on jet skis you know yeah. he's like like putting up his arms and, and uh, as though he's like saying, "Yeah, look at what Clive is doing over there. Isn't that funny?" And <laughs> now let's cast your attention forward and and yeah. see what our bassist <laughs> is doing. Yeah, amazing sequence. And then we get like a four shot. It's not just a split screen; it's a quad screen, right? Of all of the different water adventures that Apple <laughs> yes. Cruise can have at Walt Disney World, and so can you. Yeah. In 1978, yeah. he likes side hustles as a travel agent. They, uh, <laughs> they do make their way back to uh, Discovery Island to to close things out, and there's a, a fantastic shot where you've got three of the Pablo Cruz members sort of close to frame in kind of a stair step configuration, mm-hmm. and and one of them's down at the piano. And in the background is the fourth member standing, I think, on one of the the like <laughs> masts of the ship that's shipwrecked yes. on on Discovery Island. But the best part is that there's a um, uh, a cockatoo on the shoulder of the of the man playing piano, and it <laughs> and it immediately jumps off of his shoulder onto the piano, and so the other <laughs> band member picks it up. <laughs> And puts it back on the <laughs> <laughs> And then the bird's like, no. And he jumps back <laughs> I I have been to Discovery Island twice in my life. Uh, before it closed, I, I did manage to make it over there. And it, it was uh, full of exotic birds. That was yes. like the first thing you see before you even make it to shore. You, you notice that there are birds just swarming around this place, but at no time, one was I ever offered a piano to play and with the accompaniment of a bird. Um, and <laughs> not, they even actively, a <laughs> not even a vulture. No. And they actively discouraged the birds from being on your shoulder. Mm. So, in a, in a way, this is kind of false advertising, but yeah. it, it certainly makes Discovery Island look a lot more exciting than I think anyone ever actually thought it was, mm-hmm. which explains why it is now closed. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, I went to Discovery Island, too, but I don't remember having anywhere near as much fun as Pablo Cruz had <laughs> or the Pirates had Period. on Discovery <laughs> Island. Yeah. The island's still out there in Bay Lake. It's just it's been abandoned. I've only heard one story about 
someone uh, going overnight and just snapping some pictures. Hey, I was on Discovery Island. It looks like a ghost town now. Yeah, you can like you can still like rent a boat or whatever and like go, you know, look at it. You can like you know uh, sail by it or or motorboat by it or whatever you would it. call it. Um, but yeah, I guess you gotta be you gotta be sneaky if you want to actually get on, get on there. Yeah, I've seen photos uh, that were probably from that excursion that Mike mentioned, mm. um, and it does look it looks really overrun. It. It kind of reminds me of um, the like uh, in the Lost World, the Jurassic yeah. Park sequel. Yeah, it, it's like on a very smaller scale. Mm-hmm. It's these, you know, kind of zoological facilities that have been <laughs> overgrown over time. Um, it's weird I've heard just left it that way. Well, they have had some ideas in the past, or at least there have been rumors of ideas that they were thinking mm-hmm. about exploring as a means of utilizing it again mm-hmm. the one that i think has the most traction or the one that people seem to recall most vividly is that at one point disney was i guess looking at making a real world uh mist experience based on the video game <laughs> wow mist. wow and it was going to take place on discovery island which you know like in, in, in if you if it's 1993 or whatever it was when that game came out and you hear this you think oh yeah that's that makes perfect sense that's Disney can do it. This is the, the they this could. is the thing. But that island is relatively small. Like yeah. there's no way it could absorb the kind of um, volume that a branded attraction would bring to it. No matter what it is, you know, it just seems like it's it's not large enough to to facilitate that. Yeah, which I think is probably the problem that they keep coming back to. Like it's not worth their while to do anything with it unless it is this really bankable prop but if it's a really bankable property then there's no way they can control the volume of people going there no but apparently that island uh was uh, at least according to urban legend the reason why walt disney decided on that property as Mm -hmm. the place for walt disney world when he was flying over he saw the lake he saw the island and he said that's it that's where we want to go and uh um, I'm sure that you know there were other factors that that played into that, but it's an it's a fun story to think that this island that has been abandoned all these years was <laughs> yeah. the key deci- deciding factor in right. why this whole property exists. <laughs> but if nothing else, Pablo Cruz had a great time. Yeah, sure yeah. did. Thank goodness. So at least we have that legacy. Walt can sleep peacefully, knowing that <laughs> Pablo Cruz had a heck of a night. His favorite band. <laughs> well now we cut to shields and yarnell again but this time they're babies babies this is the worst part of the entire (laughs) special like this is the most disgusting display there's no i don't again like i don't understand even in the 70s who is watching that? <laughs> like, the robots I get. I could see yeah. someone being yeah. like, oh, that's really funny. I like that. He looks like a robot. She looks like a robot. That's great. But the, the grotesque display <laughs> put on by these two in, in, the, in these baby outfits, they don't even, like, babies don't even act the way they act. No, they're in giant <laughs> baby clothes and bonnets and... 
sucking one another's thumbs. Ugh. And they're just they're sitting in front of a bunch of strollers, but not yeah. not actually in a stroller themselves. Not in them. Right. Yeah. That's the only saving grace for this scene, as far as I'm concerned, is seeing those old strollers back there. <laughs> yeah. You just have to fixate on those and try yeah. not to pay too much right. attention to shield. Yeah. There. It's all the same kind of stroller, and they're in a nice, neat little row that you don't see anymore because everyone brings their own stroller now. Right. Right. Yeah. They still do stroller rentals at the park. They do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't look like that, but. Yeah. They do. Yeah. But that goes on for about 45 seconds and. <laughs> It's too long. I get you have to fill time, but I yeah. I don't understand. Ugh. Terrifying. But <laughs> and they they look so much alike. Shields and Yarnell. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, also they do. Oh, that's gonna. Yep, I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Yarnell tap dancing out in front of the Main Street Fire Station. Yeah. Now, it might be the video or my terrible depth perception or the camera's terrible depth perception, but it looks like she comes really close to kicking a few people in the face. Just bystanding kids. Okay. It's very claustrophobic. I've noticed about this special. I don't know if that was a thing, like, back in the 70s when they would shoot these things. You know, now I feel like they keep those streets pretty clear when they're filming sequences of dancing or, you know, parade routes or whatever. But it does seem like they just let people just roll in to these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the frame is just crowded with yeah. people in those yeah. shots. On They're like stacked on each other. That's yeah. how they're framing it. Well, it's it's like watching a morning talk show where the audience is just, it's like a yeah. tiny, tiny, tiny room when you actually go to the place. But it looks all widespread with a big right. crowd. So yeah. I guess that's how they're framing it. Nope, just like 20 people just. Yeah, just sit yeah. on top of each other. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, now move over here. We're going to move the camera. All right, and she's going to almost kick you in the face, but you can't move. Do not react to Miss Yarnell, please. <laughs> what I love about this, too, is that, like, other than the Clinker's Christmas vacation, there's no uh, structure or context around any of this. Right, no. right. We go just from the Clinker's yeah. to Pablo Cruz to babies, to well, tap dancing. Our sort of palate cleanser into babies is like shots of children at the parks. That's they, true. They, they start playing the lullaby song mm-hmm. over those kids. And these are just like toddlers who are just, I don't know, they're just standing around. At the park, making their sons in my eye face. Yeah, that that footage that they use is reused in at least four different okay. Disney yeah. specials. <laughs> and I think that they're just like waiting for a parade. I've seen that little right. boy clap his hands together <laughs> <laughs> at least 800 times in yeah. my life. <laughs> but that's our way into accepting that two grown adults are going to act like babies. <laughs> yeah. But the a perfect thing. <laughs> that boy's got to be 45 years old now. <laughs> I would love to find out. That boy is Bob Iger. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dance is pretty good, though. It is. Yeah, it's, a, it's an Yarno. impressive dance. I mean, she's, the, she's, she's talented, and uh, I like the outfit she's got on. It's fun. She's got suspenders. 
Um, and then there's like a transition to another dance. And, and, and I feel like it's a different time of day. Like, I feel yeah, like, she starts dancing at sunset and then suddenly yeah, it's yes. mid morning farther yeah, down Main Street. All night. <laughs> it's That's the right. Magic Kingdom. What do you do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Time has no meaning here. And I feel like she sort of is now wearing a kind of approximation of Mickey's outfit. Because Mickey is is there, the 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 um, you know walk around character. Yes, yeah, she starts tap dancing with Mickey. Yeah, before jumping and, on a trolley, and then that's it. Yeah, I like the chore the choreography of that. Like she sort of runs over to the street lamp, does a a quick little like spin around it. Like she's like she's got to rev herself up to get up onto that trolley as it passes by. Yeah, and then she's like, "See you later, Mickey." <laughs> <laughs> like she waved like they just wave goodbye to each other mickey's at work he's got go places yeah <laughs> that's right he's it's christmas work. at walt disney world drew <laughs> he's, he's gotta get to busy <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was kicking her out it could be <laughs> it's like you can take the trolley fine <laughs> <laughs> don't get off until you leave my property <laughs> Take your luggage car with you. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, from there, I think, do we go to Geppetto? We go to Geppetto. It's a lovely little center wipe to the home of Geppetto, played by Avery Schreiber, probably yeah. best known at the time as a guy in a bunch of Doritos ads. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of which he says, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he also appeared on The Muppet Show. He did. Yeah. I watched his clip, yeah. Yeah, well, and he was a longtime comedy partner with Jack right. Burns, who co-wrote yeah. the Muppet movie with Jerry Jewell. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Out. Neither did I until I looked it up. So there's the connection there. Do you think that they were like, Avery, um, we're doing this special for Walt Disney World Christmas, mm-hmm. and, um, and he's like, oh, you, you want me to to you know write it and as well we've got actually got shields and yarnell they're doing a lot of stuff and he's probably frustrated by that because i'm sure shields and yarnell are just taking jobs left and right (laughs) (laughs) they're like but we do we do have some some time we need to fill and wondering if you have any ideas um like do you think they're just like do what you want and he's like what if i'm geppetto well, yeah, I've got this mustache. What can I do with it? <laughs> I've got this mustache. <laughs> well, Pinocchio was back in theaters around this time. Oh, okay. yes. So they got a they got a shill for Pinocchio. I remember yeah. that because the small one, which was a short that played right before Pinocchio in the theaters, oh. and that was about uh, the donkey who would go on to carry Mary into Bethlehem. Oh. So that was a yeah. That was Don Bluth's last. Disney project. Wow. The um, the conceit of this segment is that Geppetto, it's Christmas. This one is set at, at Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. He's, he's reading this, a card. We're back on actual Christmas. Yes. Right, right. We're in Geppetto's shop. We could assume we're in the Magic Kingdom, right? We Like, we're inside. Or, was there a Pinocchio ride in Orlando? Or is that not just, a ride? That was just no. Disneyland. His village house. They have the Pinocchio Village House, which is a restaurant. All right, maybe he's in the village house. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but he's he's in his <laughs> Christmas 
card and mozzarella sticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one that's next to It's a Small World. So as you're going on to It's a Small World and you're waving up at the people eating, that's Pinocchio Village House. That's Pinocchio Village House. Yeah. But he's reading this card from Pinocchio, who has grown up and moved to America. Yes. Merry Christmas, your boy Pinocchio. That's nice. Your boy Pinocchio. You hear that? He's still my boy. Pinocchio's a grown-up. He moved to America, but he's still my boy. <laughs> what a crazy wooden puppet I make, huh? So that's canon now, I think. <laughs> like, so that's the thing. It's like, are they like, okay, so Avery, you're going to be Geppetto. And they're like, and we just want you to write something or, or wing it or whatever. And he's like, okay, well, I got this idea. You know, Geppetto's lonely because... Pinocchio's gone. Well, where's Pinocchio? Well, uh, he grew up. Okay, but why doesn't he visit his father? Um, <laughs> On Christmas. Yeah, he, um, he's in America. <laughs> and, and yeah, is that canon now? Like, I've, I've struck this whole, this whole special, I've struck at how um, unprotective they are of the brand. Yeah. And, and it makes me think, like, so why are they so protective now? It it didn't hurt them at all. You because know what I mean? this happened. <laughs> it's just like we cannot let that happen again. Yeah. This was the this last is the straw. Lich yeah. <laughs> but I love how unfunny this is. This whole segment. Yeah, and like, I don't know if it's meant to be. I think right. It's just, uh, and they don't even mention that the movie's out or anything. It's just here's Geppetto. Yeah, yeah, they just kind of assume that you will associate this yeah. with Pinocchio, the mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and he he's he's lonely, and so he starts singing a song. Oh, he actually he tells this amazing story yes. that we also have to assume is canon now mm-hmm. about <laughs> the first time he spanked, first and only time. <laughs> He spanked Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, what a time it was. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Boy, was I right. <laughs> he says he's reminded of it every time he gets a splinter oh, while working in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then the joke is Pinocchio was still made of wood at the time, so it literally hurt Geppetto more than it hurt him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And what better? What might actually be better than that story is the story of him giving Pinocchio his first bath. And Pinocchio again is still wood at this point. Apparently, mm-hmm. I just love his like delivery of this, where he's like, "I put him in the water. He starts thrashing around. Papa, papa, he floats. <laughs> you know, and then, I, and then, then the water gets inside him. Gets all gets all uh, full of water. Get, it warped. Like." <laughs> <laughs> the way he delivers these lines, <laughs> he goes from being sweet Geppetto, right, to this, you know, very, like, two-man duo kind of cadence, you know, like, yeah. like, 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 comedy man um, delivery. It's really, and he mugs to the camera, you know, and he's got right. this sardonic look on his face, and it's really interesting to watch. With no partner. Uh, Who's his comedy yeah, partner? Yeah. Guess what? It's you. Well, he does create a partner, though, as we're watching. That's right. He decides to make himself a new friend to talk to for Christmas and gets to work. 
And he sings this song where I think 90% of the lyrics are the word today. <laughs> today, I take some wood from an old tree. Don't you worry, Christmas tree, today I try to make it company. And he makes a mini Geppetto doll. That's right. That's the problem with Pinocchio. He realizes that Pinocchio was not enough like him. There it is. So Pinocchio 2.0 is going to be much more yeah, Geppetto-like. Yes. Yeah. And it is a disturbing visage on that. I mean, it looks a lot like him. It looks a lot like that Geppetto. That's the best yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Not Disney Geppetto. No, that no, no. Geppetto. <laughs> We have to get through all of that just to cut to a scene from the actual movie. Because, again, it was back in theaters at this time, but they don't tell you that. It's a scene, yeah. Which, I I forget which scene it cuts to. It's the, uh, it's the Blue Fairy. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Which is, I guess, our our transition into another Shields and Yarnell. Or just shields at this oh, point. That's I think. right. This is where, like, we see it. Okay, so oh yeah, we're told that <laughs> here's the issue with this, right? We're told in one scene that Pinocchio has grown up and moved to America, and then is this that Pinocchio? I don't yeah, know. So what happens is we cut to the blue fairy scene in the movie, and then it's. Back to reality. Well, reality. It's 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 the mime again. It's Robert Shields as Pinocchio now. Yeah, he's doing yeah. a little it's wooden boy again. having trouble standing up dance. Yeah, and Pinocchio awkwardly walks out of his shop, and oh look, he's on Main Street. Not even the Village House. He's on Main Street. Right. That, that was a really uh, gratifying return to Main Street for me. I, I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we're back here after yeah. enduring all of that. <laughs> at least, you know, we come back to Main Street. But then he encounters a woman and her child and the look of horror on the child's <laughs> face <laughs> is rightly so. Immeasurable. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. I've never seen a kid look so horrifying. That, that kid is the only one who reacted correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my younger daughter had her moment when she was very, very little, when she was not having any character meet and greets at all, but Mm -hmm. not nearly as frightened as this girl. (laughs) Uh, So Pinocchio rightly pops her balloon. (laughs) And then he meets up with honest John Falfellow... That's the scheming fox from Pinocchio and his cat sidekick Gideon. I have never seen those two out at Disney World. I've seen pictures of my friends meeting them at Disneyland, but I've never seen them in Florida. Yeah, I've seen photos of them in Florida, but same. Well, actually, I take that back. I I may have seen them my very first trip, uh, which was in uh, 84. But my memories are so hazy that I can't even say for sure. Or if I'm just, you know making this composite memory from photos that I've seen. Is it possible they filmed this sequence in Disneyland? It doesn't look it. I mean, it is possible. Shields is, both of them are LA based. Yeah. 
But it definitely does look like the Magic Kingdom yeah. Main Street. Yeah. Just the scale of it seems larger than mm-hmm. yeah. Disneyland. Doesn't he get up on a stage at this point? Doesn't he do some sort of performance? Pinocchio. Yeah, he... Uh, Doesn't he do the I Got No Strings? He dances on a corner and he lip syncs I Got No Strings on a yeah. stage that's just <laughs> set up on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's next to the open air buffet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Omnimovers be damned. Just try and make it down the street with this thing. <laughs> Until a rather tall constable starts chasing him down the road. Right. So, you know what's been missing on Main Street? Cops. Yeah. <laughs> now, do either of you have uh, a favorite part of this chase scene? Because I do, but... Oh, I'm excited to hear yours. Yeah, I want to hear what you what your favorite part is. It's absolutely Pinocchio riding behind a fire truck and kind of dragging his feet as he's on an invisible <laughs> skateboard like Marty McFly. <laughs> I know, shocking. Uh, <laughs> and he ends up back in the little shop. He does right? eventually. And, and what another thing that makes me angry is that I feel like Shields believes we're idiots <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it's very obvious that the furniture is oversized. Yeah, you know, and 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 if we go back to the baby thing, like, they're wearing these giant shoes, and, like, Shields has no perception of, of proportion and, and what, like, actually sells. Do you know what I mean? I do. Uh, because this is set in a place where they have mastered forced perception. That's right. Yes. That's right. And he doesn't yeah, do it I mean, any favors. <laughs> do you- <laughs> Do you think Imagineers watched this special and were mad about it? Like, <laughs> I bet at least one. Just like, <laughs> yeah, no, what they could have done. I like imagining like Claude Coates and Mark Davis are just like, <laughs> yes, Mark Davis and, is know. the one <laughs> grousing, yeah, incessantly, yeah. Just oh, did they mess up that bench? <laughs> <laughs> a runner-up on favorite chase scene or favorite part of the chase scene is running into this baker, but they kind of blew it. Mm. He carefully steps out of the bakery with a large layer cake, and I'm hoping he falls like the baker on Sesame Street. And chocolate layer cakes. <laughs> but no, Pinocchio just bumps into him, and the cake splats in the baker's face, and he tosses it on wow. the ground in anger. <laughs> He did seem really frustrated. He was just like, well, my entire cake's ruined just right in the ground in front of his own store, so he's going to have to clean it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all do silly things when we're angry. Yeah. Well, he just, he just encountered shields. You can't blame him for being angry. That's just an actual reaction. That wasn't planned. That was not... He wasn't supposed to throw the cake down, but he just could not control himself when confronted with shields. (laughs) All that rage. They were like, this is the fifth take. Do not throw the cake down. Like, I am trying my hardest not to. (laughs) They would absolutely make five cakes to keep that going, too, just to get a perfect (laughs) one. They had them all ready to go because, you know, someone planned for that. That's right. But after that, it's just makes it back to Geppetto's workbench, sits, rests, moving on. 
right. to a recorded display of fireworks, which you can't even yeah. hear, and are zoomed yeah. in way too closely to really appreciate the spectacle on television, but it's backed by a rather fast-paced choral rendition of Oh Come All You Faithful. <laughs> well, that's where it comes in. <laughs> it's really quick-paced for a Disney choir. Like, Bad Religion does a cover of Oh Come All You Faithful, and that isn't this fast. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty well, sure that this actually is footage from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Again, like the the recycling of uh, stock footage throughout right. Disney specials. Oh. Um, if you've seen enough of them, many, many, many times, you start to pick up on like particular yeah. patterns of fireworks, and the oversaturation of some of this uh, footage too makes me think it's a little bit older than the the yeah. stuff that was shot specifically <laughs> for this, which I think is hilarious because you know it's not like there's a drought of. Uh, fireworks at Walt Disney World. (laughs) Even if there is only one park, it's, you know, the the fireworks are part of, like, the signature Magic Kingdom experience. I can hear them every night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how hard would it be to just schedule a few extra hours to shoot some explosions in the sky? Right? But here it's just fireworks in a dark sky. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why it zoomed in so hard, so you can't see the castle for a frame of reference. Castles, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a real quick thing, and then we fade to a fanfare of trumpeters on the balcony of Cinderella Castle, announcing the arrival of Cinderella's pumpkin coach, looking much more closely to a pumpkin (laughs) than I'm used to. Usually you see the coach out of the Magic Kingdom, and it's that brilliant white with gold trim. Here it just (laughs) looks like an orange pumpkin kind of halfway transformed with the green wheel-shaped vines. I think I like this one better. Bring it back. Yeah. I sort of wonder if maybe it wasn't uh, built to last. It was just, you know, fabricated for this special exclusively. Because it does look like you're you're right. It does look more uh, organic, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's uh, somewhat to its detriment. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It could not endure. (laughs) Well, from the coach emerges what I at first think was Cinderella's very godmother, but she doesn't dress in pink in a pink frilly dress and tiara, and upon closer inspection, it's Phyllis Diller. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by a bemused Danielle Spencer from what's happening earlier. Uh, now she is Dr. Danielle Spencer, a veterinarian and breast cancer survivor. So all the oh, kudos wow. in the world to Danielle Spencer. Yes. Uh, who here emerging from the pumpkin coach wearing a powder blue Mickey Mouse sweater declares all i want to know is why we couldn't come to disney world in a bus like everyone else (laughs) you're coming in a cinderella's coach and (laughs) that line gets a roaring applause from the crowd too i'm sorry are you unimpressed with arriving via pumpkin coach (laughs) danielle spencer This is the thing with like that becomes a, a signature of the disney specials it's like it's two opposite ends of the spectrum. It is. You have like the people who are so earnest, they are yards and, uh, or shields and Yarnell. Yeah. And then you have the people who are like so distinctly the, the straight person who yeah, or, is like not yeah. at, at all, <laughs> um, beholden to any evocation. You know, they are there 
to be a cynic and yeah. a hard cynic until they have that switch, you know, when yeah. suddenly, ah, oh, you know what, this is all right. That's the plot of every TGIF episode that went to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one. Yeah. There, there's a moment in this, like, so Phyllis Diller is, keeps talking about the prince, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, that prince is coming. I got a chance with that prince. Yeah. I wore this dress for the prince. You were, you know, she sort of keeps going on and on about him. And, uh, I, I feel like, uh, what's her name? Danielle. 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 So at one point, like they make a deal where she's finally will let Phyllis Diller, I guess, go after the prince. And she says, uh, I wrote it down here. Um, as long as you pay my way on all the rides. Well, yes. Yeah. So was that... We're in ticket book time here. Is it still yeah. ticket book yes. time at this point? Uh, Until I think 83 or so? That sounds right. Somewhere around there. That sounds right. Yeah. But right now, as of this recording, let's look at admission prices in 2018. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, oh, man. <laughs> my notes are out of date because I think they just went up again. Today? I think so, just this week, but <laughs> all right. But last week, before we recorded this, a single-day ticket to a Walt Disney World park cost between $109 and $129, depending on the park and the time of year. So it'll be more expensive on more it's popular Christmas. day. Yeah, they're, Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. They're there around Christmas, right? right? So, so that's going to be expensive. W- but once you're inside now, you can get on anything, provided you're either willing to wait in line or you book a fast pass ahead of time. Right. Or you, you pay for a max pass. Or a max pass. That's right. So an, an additional $10 mm-hmm. will get you... Or maybe, is that just Disneyland? That's just Disneyland. Yeah. 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 Now that I think about it, I'm just like, oh, did they have it here? I know they have it at um, Universal does something very similar. Yeah. uh, But that's 60. Uh, And they don't have fast passes for, like, you can just go up and grab them. That's, you pay for it once, and you can get on everything once. Right. Well, no, Universal has two, there are two versions of their Express Pass. There is the version that you're talking about Mm -hmm. where... You pay, and you can do the premium rides once. Okay. You do that front of the line. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a $100 one or something that's, you know, way more, costs way more that you can get unlimited okay. uh, front of the line. Mm. Uh, but in late 1978, the <laughs> price of admission to the Magic Kingdom was $6.50. Gosh, that's crazy. Uh, but Incredible. Danielle Spencer at the time of this recording was 13, and back then they had a junior pricing between child and adult, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so her ticket would have cost five fifty. Nice. Now, how much is the ticket book? The ticket book is seven fifty for one adventure book of free ride tickets ranging from levels A through E, depending on the ride. So for the unaware, an e-ticket ride, maybe you've heard that expression before, that's where this comes from. It comes from Disneyland. So it's your top-tier yeah. ride. So Space Mountain, Woo! Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Jungle Cruise, uh, the Country Bear Jamboree was an e-ticket, the wow. Hall of Presidents was an e-ticket, Jimmy Carter, the e-ticket attraction. (laughs) Uh, It's a Small World and the Dearly Departed 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which was the first thing I ever did at the Magic Kingdom when I went, when I was eight. Very cool. 
So one book of tickets Very plus exciting. admission would have cost Danielle 13 American dollars. Well, and we can assume that Danielle has paid her way into the park. Yes. Because she's requesting that Phyllis Diller pay for her rides. Right. Right. So she, right. they have not yet purchased the, the tickets, the ticket ride tickets. She got in. I she went not. straight to this presentation in yeah. front wait, of wait, wait. all of these people. Right. They're in the hub right in front of Cinderella Castle. <laughs> they got, so again, they got to ride on this pumpkin carriage for free, yeah. we assume. Yeah. And we don't even know how she got, she might have taken that pumpkin directly from the set of what's happening mm. to the hub. Like, you yeah. know, she probably didn't even have to ride on the monorail right. or the, the ferry boat yeah. across the, the lagoon nope. to get there. And yet she's still yeah. you know, upset about that. She's very sardonic. Really is. Oh, what does she say? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, you go to the ball. I want to go to Disney World. She wants to be there. Oh, wait, she does want to be she there. She wants to be there. She doesn't want to go to the ball, I guess. You know what it is? She's just sick of Phyllis Diller. Maybe that's <laughs> She spent a whole carriage ride with her. <laughs> yeah. That would weigh on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Phyllis Diller lifts up her... Seductively alluring ball gown and my irresistible glass slipper. <laughs> I love this reveal. She, she lifts it up and... It's the poofiest dress I've ever seen <laughs> to reveal one glass slipper on her right foot and on the left, an old brown leather work boot. <laughs> that is a great That's gag. a wonderful gag. And that That's seals fantastic. this whole thing. For real. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like a cartoon gag. You know what I mean? It yes. is. It is. Uh, fantastic. We now cut to a segment on Sleeping Beauty, which at first I was wondering why they're in Cinderella Castle. Why are they cutting the Sleeping Beauty? Well, that's the next Disney movie to be re-released in 1979. Uh, So they're going to start getting it into your brain now without directly hyping it up. We get a dance number with Laureen Yarnell and Alan Kinsey. Yeah, yeah, well... Shields is not a dancer. No, he's not. Well, this Alan Kinsey, this he's a well-known ballet choreographer, but this is mm. his only credit on IMDb. Wow. That's incredible. That's a, That's a good credit, though. In drastic contrast is the narrator of this Sleeping Beauty segment. It's Sterling Holloway. Once upon a time in a kingdom far away, joy filled the heart of every man, woman, and child. After many long years without children, the kind-hearted king and the lovely queen were finally graced by the birth of a beautiful baby daughter. Oh, that's right. That's right. If you don't know him by name, he's the original voice of Winnie the Pooh and Ka the Snake in the Jungle Book. So it's this voice. Oh, that was very good. (laughs) Now, there's a little sequence preceding the... The, the dance, right, that sort of tells the story of Sleeping Beauty. Yes, it's very quick. And it, and I so it's funny you say that this, you know, they're, they're sort of prepping, priming you to be excited about the re-release. Mm-hmm. Because the I, I wrote in my notes, Maleficent is startlingly off-model. Oh, yes. 
Like, it looks nothing. They didn't even attempt to make her resemble the Maleficent from the movie. No, she looks more like the yeah. queen from Snow White after transforming into yes. an old hag. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she does. It's so weird. I don't think it's supposed to be Maleficent. I think it's just an unnamed evil fairy. They went completely off model. Also, I'll wow. point out, the area they're doing this segment is inside the main arch of Cinderella Castle, because you can clearly see the mosaic behind them of Cinderella yeah, yeah. trying right. on the glass slipper for the Sleeping Beauty segment. See, they just don't care. It's amazing the lack of care that went into making this. Uh, but of note, the voice of the evil fairy has another Disney connection. Uh, not the actress, but the voice is Joan Gerber, who would later become the original voice of Mrs. Beakley from DuckTales. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Uh, and all, but also the curse, here's how off-model it gets. The curse she puts on the princess happens on her 15th birthday instead of her 16th. On the 15th birthday of the princess, she shall prick her finger. What? <laughs> like every other version of Sleeping Beauty I've ever heard, Disney or not, <laughs> happens on her 16th birthday. I don't know what they're doing here. And, f- so and from the outright, she sets the curse at a 100-year sleep instead of death. So what are you doing, guys? <laughs> I guess Sterling Holloway knew what was up because he cut straight to 100 years later. Yeah. No other backstory. <laughs> and our daring prince wakes up Sleeping Beauty. That's yeah. when we get our ballet number in front of, again, dance. I need to make this distinction. It's Cinderella Castle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're on the ground level, not even on the stage. They're in the photo spot. Uh, Cinderella gets yeah. to be on the balcony. Sleeping Beauty's got to stand on the common with the common people. <laughs> this whole segment well, with the introduction the and the story and the dance is seven and a half minutes oh, long, so long of it an hour long, long special. Yeah. It is so long. The dance sequence alone is five of those minutes. It's it. I mean, you know, John, you mentioned how this thing sort of front loaded. Like all the excitement is at the beginning of this special. And yeah. this is where it just grinds to a halt. <laughs> yeah, now imagine you're watching this at midnight on Walt Disney. <laughs> just please, just go back to go back to Discovery Island. I can imagine myself waking up in the middle of this because that's what used oh, to happen yeah. to me. I would be watching something, I'd doze off, and then it's twelve thirty, and it's just like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. Who's dancing? <laughs> they summed up the entirety of Sleeping Beauty and half the time it took to dance about the end of it. <laughs> anyway, here comes a built-in commercial break and we're back to see the star of Bethlehem over a now snow-covered Main Street, USA. Yeah, that's Main Street, though? Because it's, it's, I mean, it th- It's a little alcove, I think. It's, uh, yeah, Center Street, I think yeah. is what it's called. Okay. Oh, okay. Because it is really, it looks really dressed up. It does. I mean, it is, yeah, significantly. I've never seen this amount of snow, no matter what substance it's made of. I've never seen. It's soap, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this much snow on Main Street, no. even yeah. when they actually, like, make it snow. Yeah. Oh, Main no, Street. not on Main Street. Um, the closest thing, uh, the. Disney Incorporated Town of Celebration does a nightly snowfall in December where they'll do almost this amount. They'll cover the whole street with snow and then it'll start pouring out of these speakers and the, I, the headlights overhead. 
which is great. I have seen <laughs> this. Uh, so I, you know, follow uh, some YouTube mm-hmm. people who live in Orlando and they go to the parks a lot and stuff, but they also went to this function, I think yeah. that you're describing uh, Mike and it's, and, and they sort of, it looks like they kind of have a fake ice rink out as well. They do. It's plastic. It's very strange. Mm. And then they're like, they have to close it down when the snow starts mm-hmm. because it's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let any snow get on the fake ice. <laughs> And is it is it actually snow or I mean it's not like some kind of chemical? Oh no no it's soap it's soap it's not snow. Okay no. it is soap. Yeah it is soap. no okay. my children have never experienced real snow but they have made plenty of soap angels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well anyway we that this part of Main Street is covered yes in snow and yeah like it's deep. Yeah, and walking along and, the falling soap snow is our next guest, uh, Philly's <laughs> own Andrea McArdle, oh, who was the original oh, Annie in the Broadway musical. Right, right. This whole ending sequence is very—it—it's uh, amazing to me that it exists. <laughs> like that—that that, because this at this point it becomes very uh, secular. Am I using that right word right? No, I think it's the opposite. Not, I think not, it's religious. Not the opposite. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, non secular. Yeah, it, it's like it. It they go hardcore into the you know hymnal carols. They do. Uh, of yeah. We see some Disney characters emerge singing "God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen." We see Goofy briefly, but actually gathering around Andrea singing "God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen." It's Captain Hook. Yeah. It's the big bad wolf. Yeah, it's it's bad the aforementioned Honest John and Gideon from Pinocchio. Yes. And Br'er That's Fox right. and Br'er Bear. Why do the villains surround her? It's so weird. That's, that wolf is scary. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it that is. is a scary character. But Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear are there. Splash Mountain isn't a thing yet. Yeah. They're only from Song of the South when this is being made. Oh, wow. (laughs) And this is pre, like, VHS and everything, so the whole Song of the South uh, legacy at this point is still not really widely known, I don't think. Right. You know, like, so, and it's, I, I grew up never seeing Song of the South, but I knew about its kind of notoriety, Mm -hmm. um, so that that sort of was my connection to those characters, but at this point, you know, I, I don't remember when Song of the South was released, but you know, it, were these characters perpetually present just because of Song of the South? I guess so. I feel like they'd be out and about in Frontierland, uh, okay, even before it, Splash Mountain. Uh, but I mean, Zippity Doodah comes from that movie, and yeah. that is kind of a, an evergreen Disney song at this point. I had heard it on, you know, Disney record collections growing up, and I had, not sing-along, one of those read-along tapes with the book on mm-hmm. it. Uh, and it was Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. Yeah. And that one, wow. it wasn't read by the same person who would read the others. This had kind of that, it was like, This is the story of Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. Wow, wow. <laughs> They definitely, I feel like I definitely saw clips of Song of the South growing up. 
and maybe it was to promote Splash Mountain because I was very tuned in to the like the Splash Mountain event. Yeah, you know, I, I was. I think we were going the summer that it opened. Oh, uh, and so and we had the Disney Channel, so I was watching every, you know countdown every like special on its construction and i was very excited to write it and i feel like they must have been showing parts from song of the south that they deemed appropriate to show um on the disney channel um i watched the 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 um opening ceremony with Ernest. Ernest uh, goes to splash uh, mountain yes mm-hmm. um i was ready and and i i feel like i maybe uh talked about this on, on, on our podcast, but I had a, a moment of like self introspection for the first time in my life, um, in the line for splash mountain. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I want to say what, so what year was this? This was, uh, 94. I want to say it opened. Is it that? Yeah, I think in Florida, I think it was 94. It might've been earlier. It might've been like 89 or 90 in Disneyland. It was Disneyland where we were, where that where this happens splash so mountain like, open 1989 you're correct so i'm like eight years old and we're in line and i'm sitting there i'm like i'm finally here i'm in line i'm in line at splash mountain like this is just going through my head and then i like imagine myself standing in line i'm i am standing in line but <laughs> like, <laughs> but like i picture myself Standing in line. Did you have an out of body like, experience in line for Splash Mountain? <laughs> in a way, because in that moment, I was like, oh, "That's me." I was like, that's, <laughs> I, "That's me," and I'm an individual and a person, and and, and I'm me. And like, I had this <laughs> moment of like, I exist in this world, <laughs> and, and it was very striking. Like, I remembered it. I remember it to this Whoa. day. Uh, it happened in line at. at at Splash Mountain, so so I was I was you know very familiar with with the Brer uh, set of characters, yes. um, and I I will I think also the you know the reason they're probably in this special is I I feel like there weren't that many characters for them to utilize. I guess not in in general, right? Walk around mm-hmm. characters, yeah. Um, at this point, and so they're just like get everyone. <laughs> sure. They just all happen to be villains at the beginning there. That's so weird. Why is it the villains? I don't know. A surprisingly yeah. reverent group of villains singing God Rest yeah. Merry Gentlemen. <laughs> so far in this whole special, the only Christmas songs we've actually heard, to your point, have all been these hymns, these religious yeah. hymns. And then Andrea yeah, yeah. sings Oh Holy Night. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining, it is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Then she's joined by two other characters I've never seen in real life at the park. I've never seen Br'er Rabbit uh, and Thumper and Flower from Bambi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they're, they are animals, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, Correct. Thumper... So here's what's weird. Like Thumper comes out, yeah. right? And he's Thumper and he's just a he's just a rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Br'er Rabbit is there. In clothes. In, in clothes, exactly. 
there's that layer, and then Thumper is holding what appears to be an actual baby black sheep? Or is it a goat? I think it's a sheep. I, I can tell you who's holding a goat. Pluto. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. Pluto's holding a, a goat. Pluto has a goat. Yeah. Pluto comes out, we, we pan out, and here's Donald Duck with his yeah. girlfriend, Snow White. <laughs> we see Mickey and Minnie Donald's with Snow White. <laughs> Alice and the right and the white rabbit come out. See the three little pigs. Eeyore's in the back and the seven dwarfs. Later we see Tigger and Winnie the Pooh and it's a honey pot on his head poo. Oh, I miss yes. that poo. <laughs> the uh and and of course we get to once again enjoy time with Geppetto. Yes, our off-model Geppetto comes up to Andrea, and he's holding what looks like a <laughs> ferret. He's got a ferret. <laughs> For no reason. And, and he's singing, and, and, Some Children See Him. Some children see him lily white The baby Jesus born this night Some children and see him lily white with dresses soft and fair. Some children see him bronzed and brown. The Lord of heaven to earth come down. The most specifically Jesus song. Alice is holding something that looks like a ferret too. What's going on with these animals? And uh, 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 what's her face? Is Andrea? Is that her yes. name? Yeah. She keeps sort of petting the ferret. Right. Like, that Geppetto's yeah. holding. That's just her going, what am I going to do with a ferret? Yeah, what do I do? Do you pet these? <laughs> Are ferrets Christmas animals? <laughs> They are now. Sure. sure. Then we get Joy to the World, followed by Andrea on her own singing Home from the Wiz. From the Wiz. Wow. When I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. We go from some children see him about different kids around the world seeing Jesus as their own race to white girl singing songs from the Wiz. <laughs> I can't believe this. Now, I I don't know if this is true, but I saw some information that said that this is the first TV Christmas special to feature a song from a Broadway musical. I also saw that, but I I don't know if that means TV Christmas special like in total, or if that just means Disney TV Christmas special, but. I thought that was worth noting. That huh. uh, Yeah, that was on the Disney wiki, so I'm not sure. I read it as first Christmas special out of any Christmas specials that have ever existed. Yeah. And this one's got two if you count my favorite things from the beginning. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this bit ends with Geppetto and a few of the other characters rejoining Andrea for Silent Night. And then the mimes <laughs> come in and they start talking. Oh, that's Guys, right. what are you doing? You're mimes. <laughs> Gosh, they kind of sign us off in a way, don't they? They do. They come in as themselves in their peacoats, and they send us off. 
with the old. And, and in that scene, like, I don't know, maybe this is, um, given it's, uh, uh, the timing and it's close association following on the heels of the star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> maybe this sort of makes sense, but I feel like, uh, Yarnell looks like really stoned. In <laughs> <sequence>. <laughs> like, Heavy on the eye makeup, just... like Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill at least had a car accident. He could blame his on. <laughs> Yeah, there's a point in this delivery where, you know, Shields is being very earnest and Yarnell's just kind of like, her eyes just like drift off and they're yeah. gone for like a minute. She's <laughs> like not there. She's trying to figure out why Rare Rabbit wears clothes and Thumper doesn't. <laughs> right. Oh dear. You know, it's no coincidence that we're bringing you our Christmas greetings from Walt Disney World because we grew up with the magic of Walt Disney and all the joy and fantasy that he stood for. Performing for you in Walt Disney World has not only been a pleasure, but it's been an honor and a dream come true. It's a good sign-off. It is, and we get the... He's paraphrasing Walt now. Mm. When we wish upon a star, all our dreams, hopes, and wishes can come true. That's not even Walt Disney. That's two of his songwriters. <laughs> <laughs> Thus begins the uh, habitual practice of Disney attributing quotes <laughs> to Walt Disney that are not actually Walt Disney quotes. Pro tip, kids. If you can dream it, you can do it. Not a Walt Disney quote. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about that one, right? Yeah. I mean, there are many. Yes, I feel but- like... Uh, there are so many uh, famous, like, they're Disney quotes right. they're from Disney properties or things, but they they often get misappropriated as Walt Disney quotes. Yeah. Right? When, in fact, you know, they were from, yeah, like, like Horizons, which was created 22 years after Walt Disney died. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the last thing that we hear in this special before the end credits is Geppetto wistfully shouting, Merry <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Pinocchio! <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Don't forget to go see Pinocchio now in theater. Oh, oh, there, that's it. I didn't even make that connection. I thought it was just I miss my son who's in America, even though I'm also now in America. <laughs> oh yeah, I I feel like that was just luck that that Avery was just like you know he was, he was in just character. going for it. He's yeah. method. I can do yeah. this. <laughs> Got the thick Italian and accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, it was like Captain Lou's Mario. Hey, why wasn't uh, Pablo Cruz invited for that? Hey, yeah. The, uh, They're still on Discovery Island question. having the time of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're still there? They could be. Yeah. Today. Yeah. <laughs> it's in that, that video or that those photos that that one person All took. Right, we got to go look them up. <laughs> you can see them in the background. <laughs> I think that's the guy in the white, and there's the parrot. Uh, uh, then we get the credits over the Jerry Lawler chorus again, and I just want to say to Ms. Assistant to the producer Robin Westfall, who spells her name the Saint Elsewhere oh, way uh, with a ph. Wow. Hey, girl, that's all right. It's not my fault at all. Sound screwed up our I, names. It- I noted that Avery Schreiber is credited as a writer in this. Yeah, yeah for ad libbing. Is it yeah. just the ad libbing? Do you think? Is it? Is I don't know. Maybe he did ad libbing. 
That explains the it, whole spanking it seems thing. To come from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. This is the theme park that had the Main Street electrical parade that has giant smoking cigars in the parade for children. Well, I think we hit everything. Any additional or final thoughts? It's amazing to me that this exists. And <laughs> um, I can't, like, I try to imagine this kind of special being made today <laughs> and, and like what are the the you know the current day proxies like who's the pablo cruz of today yeah. that would appear in this kind of special and and obviously there isn't that they wouldn't make anything like this today no. you know this the, it's so fast and loose there's so many like rules broken um in this special that I feel like, you know, if, if this were presented to someone now as like, hey, we want to do this special, be like, whoa, 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 <laughs> slow <laughs> down, first of all. Even look. Yeah, can you imagine Bob Iger <laughs> yeah, watching the dailies for this? <laughs> <laughs> Even watching the annual Christmas parade thing they do now at the parks, it's mm-hmm. it's all just, it's at least 50% travel commercials that but this is really they don't shove it in your face they just well it's the guy from pablo cruz just pointing just there look look at these two contemporary right over there they're (laughs) sailing i guess it just speaks to like how you know disney was not the the sort of like monolith that it is now Mm -mm. in terms of of you know, really protective of how they present things, you know, protective of how the parks are used and, and shown to the world, protective of who is shown in the parks. You know, a, yeah. Pablo, a Pablo Cruz would not be allowed to, nope. <laughs> you know, shill for Disney. <laughs> Those pants, no, they do no. not meet cast member requirements. No, no, no. And neither does the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, it's, it, I'm aghast at the, it's such a, and I'm surprised that, I'm surprised they're not like Lucas with the uh, Star Wars Christmas special and just trying to keep it under wraps. It, it's, I had no idea they were, you know, showing this on, what was it, Vault Disney, right? Vault Disney, yeah. I don't I mean, I remember guess, when that stopped, but yeah. it was, Vault Disney was the thing for a long time, for many years. They would dig up these old specials and run yeah. them. And I have to assume, like we said earlier, that there has to be some of this legacy material that will show up on the streaming service. Otherwise, I mean, I, 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 I feel like they're missing a whole segment of yeah. Disney audience you know, to exclude it. But, and some of the stuff, some of these specials have eventually wound up on DVD. They did a Walt Disney treasures collection, uh, and like around the early two thousands, um, where they would package some of these classic, uh, specials, including like the Disneyland 10th anniversary special, um, as a, a, a DVD set. But this one has never, as far as I know, officially been released. 
and it's it's it comes from like a, a legacy if i guess this would maybe be my like closing thought or parting thought was like if you watch this for the first time and you are delighted by what you see <laughs> i heartily recommend this this special is kind of bookended by two other absurd disney world set specials oh. um there's one called uh the mickey mouse club at walt disney world which was uh, released right around the time that River Country opened. And it includes a, se- a sequence where the Mouseketeers of the late 70s go to River Country. Oh, that's right. And, and I'm 70s Mickey Mouse Club. I'm thinking, what, just a net Funicello on the zip line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember who is involved in the 70s Mickey Mouse Club, but they did go to River Country. Hey, all right. Uh, and then it's followed later in 1981 by uh, Kraft Salutes, the 10th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Oh, wow. Um, that... Yeah. So uh, that, that is my, uh, my farewell thought to you. Um, if you're, you're up late at night, you're waiting like Geppetto for Santa <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> deliver your letter hear... from America. Or <laughs> you hear from my boy. Yeah, uh, my boy. <laughs> Sit down and uh, and treat yourself to those specials as well. Oh wow, I had no idea. Well, I'm, I'm after we're done. I am pulling <laughs> up both of those. Well, if people want to chase you around Discovery Island with lust in their eyes, they can find <laughs> you both at the archive. That's right. Uh, it's in the show notes, friends. Go find it. But where else can they find you on the internet, Drew? I'm on Instagram. That's that's what am I on Instagram? I'm uh Go Pizza Knot. Go Go Pizza Knot. That's G O Pizza N A U T. That's all one word. And I post uh art there that I do. Um I'm also on Twitter. That might be Pizza Knot Go. I think that's correct. Yes. It Just will be correct it when I put it in the show notes. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's what's important. Um, uh, those are the best places to sort of see what I'm doing apart from the archive itself. And John? Uh, you can find me uh, retweeting photos of Phyllis Diller <laughs> <laughs> at John Dedeke <laughs> and uh, periodically uh sharing photos from my most recent trips to Disneyland on Instagram at John Dedeke as well. Well, thank you both for joining me on this wild ride. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yes, it was. I, thank I feel you. like I've been building up to this for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drew and John will be back later this season for some more Disney magic. But for now, from down the road, from the most magical place on earth, careful of the icy patch. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. To find more shows like this one, visit christmaspodcastnetwork.com. You love Christmas, sure. But sometimes the same old traditions are too... Traditional. Sometimes you want to see Santa stuff a kid in his sack. 
Sometimes you want Christmas dinner to come alive and threaten you with knives and forks. Sometimes you just need Christmas to get a bit weird. Weird Christmas has you covered. Check out podcasts filled with annoying Christmas music, proof that Saint Nick came from magic mushrooms, and talk about Christmas specials so disturbing you won't sleep for days. Now available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Weirdchristmas.com. Oh, oh, holy Mary, that's different. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... 